We are back again. We are Wagers Ragers. And it is the 2023-2024 football season. We were not with you last week. It was week one. Um, Life sort of got in the way last week, but it didn't matter because week one is always a hard week to predict. But... If you're new to the podcast, we are two friends from New Jersey who are passionate about the NFL as well as wagering on the games. I am your co-host, Joshua J.T. Buckner, and of course, co-hosting with me every week is John the Hedgehog, Donneth. Now, um, we're not going to talk too much about week one other than I'm a Jet fan. John is an Eagles fan. John's Eagles last year fell just a little short. And even though they had a great season, could not uh, get to the proverbial finish line and win the Super Bowl. My Jets, of course, uh, you know, they're the Jets. So they didn't make the playoffs again for, I believe it is now 12 years, which I think is the longest streak in all of professional sports of not making the playoffs. This year had lots of hope for the Jets. Aaron Rodgers came aboard, traded from Green Bay to the Jets. And of course, in a Jet-like fashion, much like Vinny Testaverde in 1999, game one, four snaps into the game, tears his Achilles tendon, and now we're back to Zach. Zach Wilson. Didn't play too bad in week two. Jets pulled out a nice win against, or I'm sorry, in week one against Buffalo. Uh, winning on a punt return in overtime, shocking the world. And I will tell you this, before that game, I bet not only the point spread, but I also took the money line in that game for the Jets to win, thinking Aaron Rodgers was going to guide the team to a wonderful victory. And then all things just went south in four plays. But I had faith. Much like most Jet fans don't, I still had faith, and I could have gone the hedgehog route and uh, tried to hedge my bet and take the bills. But I decided to stick with my green and white, which was a smart move because at the end of the day, they won the game, covered both the spread and the money line. Cash, cash. John, your Eagles are looking good. What do you say? We're back. We are back again, and we actually have a week's worth of data and film. So week two is really when the NFL season starts, because you really don't know. You know, every season is its own entity. So now that we have a week's worth of games under our belts, we can really dig into the analysis here. Real quick on your Jets game. Oh, that was such a devastating blow, man, for Jets fans, obviously, and for football fans in general. But that was a fantastic game. You know, our friend, former... uh, uh, co-host Eric Navarro was at that game in person. Um, so that was an awesome ending to a football game. Uh, a terrible beginning, but an awesome ending. Yeah, I mean, the thing that I really like to see is that the Jet fans didn't leave the stadium. Mm-hmm. Even though Aaron Rodgers went down, it could have been a mass exodus. They all stuck around. They stuck around to the end. The stadium got electric when uh, the Jets took the lead in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though 
the Bills came back to tie it and went into overtime. The fact that the Jet fans stuck around, I mean, that just tells you the spirit of the green and white. And that's why we bleed green. John, Speaking- talk to me slightly about the Eagles. Uh, now they won uh, in week one, and, and they also already played in week two. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, traditionally, you know, we see this year in and year out that the team that loses the Super Bowl, as my beloved Eagles did this past year, uh, there's something of a Super Bowl hangover. Um, and it's just tough to kind of come back from that. That has held true for the Eagles so far. They've dealt with a ton of injuries these first two weeks. They really haven't played well. But the best thing I can say is that this team, uh, not only through the first two weeks, have they not put together like a complete game. They really haven't put together even a complete half or a complete quarter. They really haven't played all that well. And yet they're still sitting here at 2-0, and uh, you know, after winning in week one. And then coming back on Thursday night and beating the Vikings on national TV for the second year in a row on week two to have so much to work on and so many injuries to to come back from uh, and yet still be two and oh is a good thing. So I think the Eagles lucked out a little bit by having an early uh, an easier early schedule here so they can pad the one loss record a little bit. Um, but we'll see. You know, I think they have the Bucks next week. Uh, but with the Eagles having already played this week, I get to pick two brand new games this week. You do 100%. Um, but let's just dive into week two. I'm going to start off this this uh, our podcast with the Jet game. And look, the Jets have a gauntlet to run through in the first six games, especially after uh, week one, which a lot of people didn't even predict them to win, even with Aaron Rodgers. But today, I mean, uh, this weekend on Sunday, Jets go into Dallas and listen, the Cowboys, they look like they are world beaters in week one, but again, it's only week one and they were playing the big blue New York giants team from our, of our friend, uh, Mr. Michael Caracosa. And it was in the Meadowlands and the Cowboys just annihilated the giants 40 to zero on national TV, standalone game Sunday night. And now both teams stand here at 1-0. Jets go in there, not with Aaron Rodgers, but with Zach Wilson. Right now, the line is the Jets getting nine points. Over-under is 38.5. Now, that over-under is low. Why? Because both of these teams have devastating defenses. The Cowboys shut out the Giants. The Jets, they gave up 16 points, but... Um, the thing that you have to look at is the Jet defense was on the field for such a long period of time to only give up 16 points uh, to Buffalo with Josh Allen. And I know that, you know, he threw three picks and fumbled the ball, but that's defense, right? If you get, if you lead the uh, turnover battle, you should win a majority of your games. And that's what the Jets did against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. So both teams have great defenses. The over-under is low at 38 and a half. Um, let's see what happens in this game, because I can see this game being very, very low scoring. In fact, um, I'm going to take the under in this game because I just don't think either team is going to put up a whole lot of points. I can't. I don't, still don't trust Zach Wilson. He managed the game fine, except for that, that interception that he threw right to Matt Milano uh, on Monday night. And that pass to Garrett Wilson – in the end zone probably should have been picked off, but because we have 
probably one of the top wide receivers in the entire game. Uh, he made a circus-like catch for a touchdown. So um, I was more impressed, to be quite honest, with the Jet performance on defense against Buffalo versus the Dallas performance against the Giants. And I know they shut the Giants out, but sorry, the Giants suck, and they probably will suck all year long. Sorry, Koza. Uh, all right. The Jets could have easily given up last week against Buffalo, could have easily just folded the tent and said, you know what, our quarterback's down, we're not going to play any longer, and we're just going to like get blown out and let Buffalo win this game. But instead, they rose to the occasion, played phenomenal, and as I indicated before, four turnovers against Josh Allen, including three interceptions, all three by Jordan Whitehead. Combined last week, both defenses, 21 quarterback hits, 57 pressures. That is insane numbers for defenses. Dallas had seven sacks against Daniel. I'm not Danny Dimes Jones. Um, I'm more Danny Nichols, Wooden Nichols. And the Jets had five sacks against uh, Josh Allen. Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook, what a one-two punch for the Jets in the backfield. Brees Hall, 127 yards rushing. Dalvin Cook, only 33 yards rushing, but he's only going to get better given the fact that he just came in camp uh, a week or two before the season started and he's coming off shoulder surgery. Um, I really don't trust Zach Wilson, but again, he seemed to be satisfactory during the game, sort of. Um, that being said, as I indicated before, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. So give me both the under in this game and yes, I am taking the Jets in this game. It's going to be a close game. It's either going to be a three, six, or seven point game, in my opinion. So give me the Jets, and I'll and I'll take the nine points in this game. Three quick props. I love the way Brees Hall played last week. I know he's listed as questionable with his knee. I think that's probably going to be the case for the majority of the season, only because he's coming off ACL surgery. I like Brees Hall not only on rushing. Over 36 and a half yards, minus 115 on DraftKings, but also combo rushing and receiving. It's only 45 and a half. Uh, I like him out of the backfield, minus 125 on DraftKings. And I'm going to give you an under, given the, the strength of the Jets' defense. Defensive rookie of the year, Sauce Gardner, who will probably be covering CeeDee Lamb under 60 and a half receiving yards for CeeDee Lamb with. Uh, Sauce Gardner acting like he did last year, like the old Darrell Revis on Revis Island. Give me the Jets uh, with the nine. Give me the under 38 and a half. Brees Hall, both rushing and rushing and receiving and under on CeeDee Lamb, 60 and a half. John, any quick thoughts on Jets Dallas? What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a tough spot for the Jets. I think the the Cowboys are legitimately one of the top five teams in football, probably from a talent perspective. Uh, I don't love their coach, uh, but I think they win this game. I think they cover. Um, I think they cover the nine on DraftKings, the eight and a half on FanDuel. Uh, I like your props, I'll add two more. I like the quarterback rushing props on both sides. <clears throat> I like a Dak Prescott to go over uh, twelve and a half uh, rushing yards. Uh, he had only six rushing yards last week, but he really didn't need to do much running uh, as the Cowboys destroyed the Giants. Like you said, last year, he averaged over 15 yards a game rushing and the Jets defense is pretty stout. Quinn and Williams was all over the place. Uh, like you said, Josh Allen was running for his life most of the 
the game last week. So I like Dak Prescott to get flushed out a few times uh, and get the over on that 12 and a half. Zach Wilson has the same number, 12 and a half, but he's got plus odds at plus 105 on DraftKings. Uh, and Zach Wilson uh, would have hit this over four times last year, even though uh, he didn't start for the whole year. Um, so with the Dallas defense uh, very uh, stout as well, I like Zach Wilson to get flushed out, flushed out uh, and be flustered and take off a few times. But I think that will mean he gets the over on 12 and a half rushing yards. Yeah, I mean, we disagree on 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 uh, on the spread, but I I do like the two quarterback props. The other one that I was looking at, which I'm still debating whether to take or not, although I'm leaning towards taking it, is the over field goals, which is always is always a a uh, favorable prop for me on the kickers. The only one that's up on DraftKings is the Dallas kicker. Uh, it's over one and a half field goals, and given the the these two defenses, it's probably a good bet to take. Uh, Greg Zerline, the kicker for the Jets, is not listed on there, and that's because he's listed as questionable with a groin injury. So who knows if he's actually going to kick today? I mean, talk about a gut punch. Your your quarterback goes down, and now your uh, field goal kicker goes down, especially against a team where it's going to be really tough to try and manufacture defenses. And you know, it's always tempting to take Garrett Wilson just because he's probably going to be an all-pro receiver. This year, he was the offensive rookie of the year last year. But with Zach Wilson, I can't trust any of his props. So um, I think that puts a bow on the Jet-Dallas game. John, who's your first game this week? All right, so my first game this week is an AFC North battle. We've got the Baltimore Ravens going to Cincinnati to play the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the Bengals are the home favorites here, minus three points, uh, minus 118 on DraftKings. Of course, last week, the Bengals, one of the worst showings of, of week one, really. They slept right into their first week battle against the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. Now, there was some pretty horrible weather for that game, so the game was affected by it. Bengals lose 24-3, to only amassed 142 yards of total offense. Uh, which is obviously just putrid. They were only two for 15 on third down. The, the Ravens, meanwhile, beat up on uh, the Houston Texans. That's probably going to happen a lot uh, this year. Um, and the Ravens had five sacks and had the fifth most sacks uh, last year. <clears throat> so, and, so the Ravens' uh, pass rush uh, is going to be very formidable this week, and that definitely plays into uh, the way I sort of view this game because I think the Ravens are going to have to rely on their uh, pass rush. Uh, Joe Burrow didn't have a great uh, week one, obviously. So there's some concern that, okay, you know, he missed most of training camp after suffering a calf injury in July. He's supposedly good to go. As, as far as we know, uh, it was tough to tell just by watching him from last week, because again, the weather was so bad uh, and the Cleveland Browns uh, pass rush was getting after him so much uh, overall. Uh, Burrow's done okay against the Ravens in his career, averaging over 300 yards passing per game. But last year, he really didn't do that great. Averaged just under 214 yards uh, per game. <clears throat> I'm looking for a Bengals bounce back here. The Bengals are at home. Um, I know they played pretty uh, poorly last week, but I think the weather played into it. I see this as a very close game. I see it as a one-score game. 
but Baltimore is dealing with some injuries of their own on the offensive line. Tackle Ronnie Stanley, the oft-injured Ronnie Stanley, might miss the game. Also, center Tyler Linderbaum might miss the game as well. Uh, I like the Bengals to win the game here. I like them to cover the three points. A little bounce-back action. Um, <clears throat> so, I mentioned before that the the strength of the Ravens defense is their uh, is their pass rush. So I would expect the Bengals to counteract that by running the ball more. So uh, as far as props go, I like Joe Mixon over on rushing rushing attempts. Uh, 14 and a half is his number, and it's a pretty solid number. Minus 110 on DraftKings, minus 114 on FanDuel. Uh, the Texans last week had 23 total attempts as a team. Uh, Mixon was 14 for 96 last week, even in a blowout. 14 attempts is pretty solid. Uh, he was over 15 for an average on rushing attempts. I expect the Bengals to try to slow down the Ravens pass rush by running the ball. So give me the over on Joe Mixon. Uh, I also love uh, the over on receiving yards for my boyfriend, Jamar Chase, my favorite non-Eagle player. Uh, it's a high number, but it's Jamar Chase, so of course it is. 79 and a half yards is the uh, reception prop for yardage for Chase. That's minus 115 on DraftKings, minus 114 on Fandle. He was only 5 for 39 last week, but again, the weather was horrible. It was a blowout game. He did get nine targets, nine targets. I expect that number to go up uh, in his last game against the Ravens. Chase went 8 for 86 and he's averaged, averaged for his young career. Jamar Chase has averaged 115 and a half receiving yards a game against the Ravens. That's the most by any player in NFL history. So give me the over on Jamar Chase, 79 and a half receiving yards. Last one I got, uh, Lamar Jackson. His rushing prop this week on DraftKings is 43 and a half rushing yards at minus 115. It's 44 and a half on FanDuel at minus 122. If you want to take him, take him on DraftKings. He was only six for 38 uh, rushing yards last week. But again, uh, the Ravens were beating up on the Texans and Lamar really didn't have to take off too much. He really didn't have that great of a game last week. I expect a little bit of a bounce back for him this week. I know there's a lot of talk about the new Monk and offense and, you know, passing more. But I think that even if that's true, there's room for some Lamar rushing here. He's averaged 81 yards rushing per game in his last three contests against these Cincinnati Bengals. So give me the over on Lamar Jackson, 43 and a half rushing yards. So that's what I've got. I'm looking for a Bengals bounce back at home. Close game, one score game, but they cover the three points at home. Give me Lamar Jackson on in the over on 43 and a half rushing yards. Give me Jamar Chase in the over on 79 and a half receiving yards. And finally, give me the over on Joe Mixon rushing attempts over 14 and a half. So I'm going to agree with you. I think the Bengals are actually going to win this game, and I think they're going to win it uh, pretty handily, probably by about 10 points as a bounce back. I mean, what, I don't know what they showed up with last week against the Browns. That was just putrid. Um, you know, my concern is, is Joe Burrow really healthy? Uh, they said, you know, he might have potentially missed a whole bunch of games in the beginning of the season. All of a sudden he shows up on week one and plays and he played terrible. But listen, if they trot him out there this week, he's got to be healthy. Otherwise, they wouldn't be playing him. doesn't make sense. You know, if they can get him healthy after three or four games and uh, and get him and have him start 
after missing a few games, then that probably would have been the smarter move, but he must be healthy. So kind of have to go with it. The only prop that I would add to this is I like the rushing prop on Lamar Jackson, but I'm going to go instead with his combo of rushing and passing, which is 262 and a half uh, on DraftKings at minus 115. So I'll take Lamar Jackson combo rushing and passing, but I still think the Ravens lose and I still think the Bengals cover. Any last words, John? Nope. I think it's going to be a knockdown, drag it out AFC North affair again for the Bengals and the Ravens this week. Yeah, I agree with you. I just think that uh, I think the Bengals are really disappointed in how they played last week. I think they're going to come out uh, on fire and, and win this game pretty handily. I mean, it's not going to be a blowout, but uh, it is going to be a pretty tough uh, AFC North game. All right, second game for me. Two potential, at least from a prognosticator standpoint, two potential Super Bowl teams, and that is the Kansas City Chiefs and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Kansas City goes into Jacksonville coming off a – I don't want to say a devastating loss at home to Detroit because I think a lot of people predicted that this could potentially happen. Detroit is on the up and coming. They should have probably made the playoffs last year. They missed it by a, you know, by a hair. Um, they are not the same Detroit Lions. They are a good team. They are a talented team. Not sure that I have a whole lot of faith in Jared Goff as their quarterback, but he played a great game uh, against the Chiefs last week, and they. They went into Kansas City and they beat them 21-20 in Kansas City on week one. So what happens now? Well, the Chiefs are probably not too happy with their performance at home. They go into Jacksonville and Jacksonville is trying to ascend to being one of the top, if not the top team in the AFC. They had a devastating loss uh, in the divisional round to Kansas City losing 27-20. to um, they somehow pulled a miracle in the first round against uh, San Diego, uh, not San Diego, well, the old San Diego, but the L.A. Chargers. Um, but they also lost to the Chiefs last year, 27-17 in the regular season. I just think the Chiefs have the Jaguars number, and I don't care that the Jack that Jacksonville's gotten better and that they think they're uh, a top team um, because – if you look at the way this playoff game went down last year, here's how Jacksonville lost. They gave up a 98-yard drive to Chad Henney in the second quarter because Mahomes went down. They didn't score any points in the third quarter, and they gave up two turnovers in the fourth quarter. I don't trust Jacksonville. I know that uh, you know they're a much better team than they were a few years ago. I just don't see Jacksonville winning this game, and right now the line is uh, Jacksonville getting three and a half points at home. I don't really like betting against home um, underdogs, but in this case, I think the Chiefs are really upset by the fact that they lost at home. I think they're going to play a lot better. And last week, they did not have Travis Kelsey, who was uh, nursing a knee injury. They did not have Chris Jones, who just recently signed. But um, from all indication, both players are going to play. I don't know how well Kelsey's going to play, given the fact that he's still trying to recover from a knee injury. Um, but 
Chris Jones, I'm not sure that he really needed a whole lot of training camp anyway. He's just a beast on the on the on the defensive line. On the other side, Jacksonville returns 21 of 22 starters, so they didn't lose a whole lot in the offseason. Um, but your old coach, the old Eagles coach Doug Peterson, is winless in three games against his mentor, uh, Andy Reid. And I think Andy Reid has his number. And in this game, I'm going to take Jackson. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to take Kansas City. I'm going to lay the three and a half. And I think the Chiefs actually win this game handily, um, probably by either uh, nine or nine, 10 or 14 points in this game. Uh, it's tough to look at stats. And I'm a big stat guy, as you got for all you uh, listeners out here who have listened to this podcast in the past. But it's hard to look at stats through week one. I think you really need to build up uh, a probably about four or five games to look at stats and say, okay, I'm going to look at stats and 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 try and make my pick based on that. So right now it's all about gut based on the fact that the Chiefs are defending Super Bowl champs. They beat Jacksonville last year in the playoffs and the regular season. So I am taking the Chiefs in this game. Could it be a close game? I suppose. I don't really think it's going to be. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs, and I'm not going to bet against the defending champions to go 0-2 this season. So give me the Chiefs laying the 3.5 at Jacksonville. couple props. So later on this afternoon, I will be in Piscataway, New Jersey. And why will I be in Piscataway, New Jersey? Because our Rutgers Scarlet Knights where both myself and John went to school, graduated, earned phenomenal degrees from one of the best universities in the entire country, if not the world. They are 2-0, and they are playing Virginia Tech at home. So I'm going to have a little bit of a Rutgers theme to my props. I'm taking Isaiah Pacheco, former running back for the Scarlet Knights, to go over his rushing total on DraftKings of 43.5, minus 115 on DraftKings, and his rushing and receiving prop of over 60 and a half rushing and receiving yards. Again, minus 115 on DraftKings. Three more props that I like. Quarterback rushing prop, which John always loves, going Mahomes, over 22 and a half rushing yards, minus 120. And I am also going with not Calvin Ridley, who had a great game for Jacksonville last week, but the number two receiver, Christian Kirk, over 42 and a half receiving yards. Again, minus 115 on DraftKings. And lastly, I am taking a field goal kicker over one and a half field goals by Brandon McManus, plus money, plus 105 on DraftKings, the kicker for the Jaguars. So over 43 and a half and 60 and a half rushing and rushing and receiving for Isaiah. Mahomes over rushing. Kirk over receiving and McManus over one and a half field goals are my props. And again, I'm taking the Chiefs laying the three and a half points. John, thoughts on this game? I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this game. I'm a big Jacksonville guy this year. I was very impressed with Doug Peterson's first year as, as head coach turning around uh, what was left for him there. I'm a big Trevor Lawrence fan. I think there's a lot of potential there. And I like what they've done sort of in the offseason, the pieces they've added. Calvin Ridley was much better than I thought he would be after a year and a half layoff. I love Jacksonville this year, but I think I don't I could not bet Jacksonville to beat Kansas City coming off uh, their close loss 
uh, against Detroit last week. So I would also take Kansas City and lay the points. Uh, the only you know prop that really jumped out at me uh, is Travis Kelsey's return over on receiving yards, 77 and a half. Uh, yards this week uh, of course he was hurt last week so the you know you wonder if he's still you know hobbled by that injury but he's had 10 days to sort of uh, recuperate rest and relax and get back and it's Travis Kelsey he's back now first game of the year don't even think about about it rinse repeat eat sleep Kelsey repeat over on Kelsey receiving 77 and a half receiving yards yeah I mean every almost every uh time we picked Kansas City last year it was always Kelsey 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 I'm just a little nervous that he didn't play last week and he's he's still coming off that knee injury so I thought about it but I'm gonna stay away from it I'll see how he does this week and then we'll go from there all right on to your second game John who do you got all right I've got a real barn burner Two teams that played like absolute garbage last week in week one. That is the New York Giants who are traveling out to the West. Go West, young man, to Arizona to place the hapless Cardinals. Picking this game as a tribute to our former Wagers Ragers uh, compadre, uh, Mike Caracosa, who's a Giants fan. Um, Of course, I can't cheer for the Giants and I don't because I'm an Eagles fan, but I can certainly pick their game. Uh, both of these teams were just horrible last week. The difference is I actually expect expect the Giants to bounce back. I think they've got the right coach in place with Dayball, who will put his team in a position to uh, do better this week, to play better, to be better prepared. Uh, the Giants, of course, got destroyed uh, against the Cowboys, 40 to nothing. It was barely a game. Uh, the Cardinals lost 20 to 16 against the Washington Commanders. That score makes it seem like it was a close game. It, it was close, but it was just a horrible game played horribly by two horrible teams. Uh, the Cardinals, of course, are quarterbacked by that of Josh Dobbs, who's been with the team for a grand total of three weeks. Uh, and remember that this Cardinals coaching staff is brand new as well. Uh, Their new head coach is Jonathan Gannon, who was the Philadelphia Eagles defensive coordinator. And there's a lot of speculation that really what the Cardinals doing is they're really just tanking this year. They're tanking this year and are probably going to move on from Kyler Murray after the season, uh, potentially with Caleb Williams or somebody else. But the Giants going out west are giving four and a half to the Cardinals. That's minus 108 on DraftKings, minus 110 on FanDuel. Uh, I just think the Giants are the better team here. I think the talent level uh, is much better. Now, I think the Cardinals have a pretty good defense. So, I mean, I think their defense is going to be okay this year. Um, They played well last week against Sam Howell and the Commanders, but I think the Giants have the edge on offense, even though they don't have a spectacular talent on the offensive side. They've got the the advantage at quarterback. They've got the best player on the field in Saquon Barkley. uh, And uh, they've got, uh, you know, Darren Waller, uh, who Jones looked for last week as well. So I like the Giants to go out west. I like the Giants to cover the four and a half. Little that's my theme this week is bounce backs. I think Dable will have them ready to bounce back and beat the Cardinals in Arizona, cover the four and a half. Couple of props here, both on the Giants side. I mentioned Darren Waller, who was the the big Giants pickup on offense in the offseason. Uh his receiving prop is what I'm looking at. Over 40, 40 and a half receiving yards on DraftKings. That's minus 125. Not great. It's 45 and a half on FanDuel, minus 114. I think I'll take the extra yard and go on DraftKings. He was only three of 36, a three for 36 last week. 
Uh, but Jones was looking for him. And again, that game was just an absolute mess for the Giants. So I sort of throw that one out. Uh, I do think Jones will come back to him. Uh, as far as the Cardinals go against Washington last week, Washington tight ends combined for five for 60. Uh, I like Jones to be looking for Darren Waller, and I like Waller to go over on the 44 and a half this week. Second prop is my favorite prop of the week. Gosh darn it all the heck. It's Daniel Jones rushing. You mentioned it before. Yes, I do love my quarterback rushing. This number is nuts. It's 34 and a half on DraftKings at minus 110. It's 37 and a half on FanDuel at minus 114. Uh, Jones averaged 44.25 rushing yards a game last year. Uh, 13 for 43 last week. I, I don't understand... <laughs> Uh, this number, 34 and a half. I love it. I've already slapped a 50 burger on it. <laughs> this is a tasty burger. Dable puts Jones in positions to run on purpose. There, I, I expect there will be designed runs. So I love Jones to go over on the 34 and a half. So that's what I've got for this game. Not going to be competing for game of the week or game of the year. But I think these are two teams going in two different directions with two completely different views on the season. Uh, I think the Cardinals really uh, not the players themselves, but I think up top that they're looking to lose as many games as possible. So I think the Cardinals lose at home. I think the Giants win. I think the Giants cover. Give me the over on Waller receiving yards and give me the over on Daniel Jones rushing yards. Yeah, I mean, look, this is obviously a very ugly game. You got two bad teams. I, I don't have a whole lot of faith in the Giants, but I have absolutely zero faith in the Cardinals. And I, I also do think they're probably tanking to move on and potentially draft Caleb Williams, who just looks like he's like a can't-miss talent. <clears throat> but, I, you know, after coming off a 40-0 to loss, I don't know. I mean, this is a game I'm probably going to stay away from. But gun to my head, I'm probably going to take the Giants and lay the four and a half points. I absolutely love your prop on Daniel Jones rushing of 34 and a half, but I'm going to take it one step further and go Daniel Jones combo passing and rushing. 250, 250 and a half uh, rushing and passing yards also on DraftKings. So those are the two props that I was looking at in this game, but I'm on with you 100% on Jones rushing. They're going to have some design runs for him. And uh, again, listen, I hope for, for our friend Koza's case that the Giants win this game. Don't like uh, laying over a field goal on the road, but the Cardinals are terrible. So I think that puts a, you know, puts an exclamation point on our games for this week. And as I failed to mention during the intro, if you haven't listened to our podcast before, we always end our podcast with our tracks of the week. Both John and I are, are huge electronic dance music fans and we will always end this podcast with our tracks of the week but before we get to that and this is going to be real quick i always throw in a few college football nuggets last night on friday night i took maryland laying 15 points against virginia maryland cut they were down 14-0 in the first quarter turned around scored 42 unanswered points against virginia and covered that spread so my three college football nuggets, real quick. I'm taking three uh, road favorites. Penn State, who I think is for real, at Illinois, laying 14 points. Give me the Nittany Lions. I hate Penn State, but I'm still going to bet them because I think they're going to cover that line. Give me Florida State, who looked impressive uh, in the beginning at the beginning of the season. 
laying 24 and a half points at Boston College. I just, I think Florida State is for real this year. I do. I think they're going to be a top five team. They may very well be a playoff team. So give me Florida State lane 24 and a half at Boston College. Boston College is terrible, as they have been for the last several years. Sorry, Scotty P. I know that's your alma mater if you're listening. And lastly, give me LSU on the road at Mississippi State laying nine and a half points. I know LSU didn't show up in their first game, but I think this is going to be, as John would say, a bounce back week. So give me LSU laying nine and a half points at Mississippi State. And those are my three college football nuggets. John, take it away on track of the week. All right. For my track of the week, my first track of the week for the 2023-2024 season, I'm going with one of my favorite songs uh, from this past year. Uh, It was big over the summer. Uh, The track is entitled Tina. It's the extended mix by Vintage Culture, along with Mecca, Baskar, and The Vic. It's just a really cool uh, house song with some funny vocals and a great drop. So that's my track of the week, Tina, by Brazilian DJ Vintage Culture. I don't know about this. Good stuff. I'm going to go a little bit more mainstream. New track that I just fall in love with. And again, that love word is in the name of the track. And it's by Felix Cartel featuring Karen Harding. Name of the track is Need Your Love. Uh, A nice housey track. A little pop as well. Um, But right now, uh, I can't stop listening to it. And as many of you know, I'm a huge trance fan, but I decided to start the season off little house track so need your love by felix cartel featuring karen harding on vocals so that wraps up our week one but in reality week two of the nfl And again, we are Wagers Ragers. So, may your bets be sharp and your cashes be bountiful. We will see all of you next week for week three. Good luck to everybody. Adios and go are you. Later. Later.